You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. We have switched up the posting rate of the podcast because I am getting my master's um, in clinical mental health counseling. I have weaned back some of these episodes, and so we're really aiming for a bi-weekly release pattern. And because of this, I want to make sure that each of the episodes I do moving forward has a stronger level of impact because there are fewer of them. And also now that I'm going through the process of school, um, I feel like we're more kindred spirits now than we've ever been. And when I launched this show, it was really to teach those traditional and non-traditional students like yourselves the skills to build your emotional intelligence, to understand how to grow your mental acuity, to seek out ways to physically challenge yourself, and to be running these through the umbrella of your spiritual beliefs. And this doesn't have to be religious. We have covered this ad nauseum, but when I talk about spirituality, it's morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, principles, standards of habits, things of that nature, because religion sought to teach those things. And whether you believe that it did a good job or not is subjective to your perspective and is certainly not a topic that I'm in the mood to get into today. Uh, But we all have our own belief systems, and I respect everybody's point of view, all models of the world, because your life has been unique to you. You have experienced things and seen things and heard things and felt things that are unique to you. And no matter how much I was standing next to you during all of those, I would have no quantifiable understanding of what's going on inside of your head. Thus, I just choose to not judge you for what you believe and what you feel and what you do. And I seek to understand people at a deeper, meaningful level. I have been questioned on this before about how you go about life living in a state of non-judgment and how you can let people say things that might be completely contradictory to your beliefs. Uh, might even be, you know, one of the isms, racism or sexism or misogynistic or ageism and, you know, homophobia and all of that stuff. And what I would stress upon you when thinking about how you could hear somebody else talk about things that go against something that is very meaningful to you, that you feel strongly about, is to realize that we were all born as blank slates. And it was through the process of matching and mirroring and being imprinted and implanted upon, and you can Google those things, you know, as children were being imprinted and implanted with our parents, uh, television, media, our uh, social circle, our siblings, all of these belief patterns are coming. And as children, we're looking at facial expressions and body movements and things of that nature to sort of grasp an idea of, of how to protect ourselves in this insane world that we just awoke in after nine months of gestation, and here we are. And so we were born just a blank slate, and we were taking on all of this stuff with an unconscious 
vacuum with no clue. And then until we get older and now all of a sudden we get into those tween and teenage years. And of course, with social media, you're being introduced to a cornucopia of topics and ideas that previous generations would have had zero access to other than maybe some magazines or a newspaper, but certainly not at the scope of which we are now able to be influenced by one another. And it's this influencing by one another that we're not we are not evolving as fast as our technology is. And we don't have the coping skills to understand that if somebody says something that goes against something that we believe strongly in, that they have a right to do that. It's part of the free speech mechanism. Of course, it doesn't mean that they are free from the consequences that come from said free speech. And consequences are a real thing. At the same time, do we need to knee-jerk reaction into canceling somebody simply because they said something that goes against a very powerful belief system that we have? And it's seeking out these coping skills for understanding that not everybody is going to say things that we always harmonize with, that we see eye to eye with, that we can feel strongly toward. In fact, the world is filled with people who are going to challenge your belief systems. And they are not villains. They are just challengers. They don't even wake up in the morning hoping to ruin your day or your life by any stretch. I mean, there are diabolical people who certainly have nefarious means in mind when they wake up, but that's for those people to exist upon within their own mind, and you choose whether you want to be around them or not. It is your choice. Everything is your choice. You can choose to to think about something over and over and over again till it drives you completely you know out of your mind and stresses you out and overloads your anxiety mechanisms or you can choose to release those things and realize that life is what it is sometimes the ocean ebbs and flows and the sun rises and the sun sets and it's your choice whether you're going to wake up every day seeking out the optimistic or the pessimistic the positive or the negative the desirable or the undesirable You do not have to just be this dry erase board where anybody can write upon you and then you have to go off and decide whether you want to erase it or not. You can make choices every single day about who you're around, what you input into your life, how much time you spend on social media, because it is our emotional intelligence that's going to dictate our quality of life, our successes in life way more than our intelligent quotient ever will. Tons of smart people out there have done great things with their lives, and yet they're still not happy. Money doesn't solve problems. It just increases opportunity. And so when we are seeking to balance ourselves in life, it's of the utmost importance that we are putting a substantial amount of focus and prioritization on our coping skills. Because it's our coping skills that will allow us to maneuver through these emotional spikes. When a circumstance happens externally and is fed into our brains via our five senses, and many more, but we'll just go with touch, taste, sight, sound, smell for the sake of this conversation, we now have all of this information flooding into our brains. A majority of it goes straight into our unconscious mind. And then from there, 
it has to travel through the emotional center of our brain, that limbic system where the amygdala and the dopamine and all these synapses are firing off to pretty much dictate how we're going to feel about this external thing that just happened out here. Or maybe we even you know saw a picture in our mind and now that's creating an emotional charge. And all that happens before it gets to the prefrontal cortex where our rational thinking can take over. And so often we find ourselves getting locked in that limbic system where we are emotionally charged and we just refuse to let the rational mind participate. This is why I call my company Wise Mind Empowerment. Because the wise mind takes the emotional mind and the rational mind and it melds them together. And it knows when to be emotional and when to be rational. It knows how to integrate them appropriately so that there's opportunities for growth in everything that we do. Right? We're always growing. Are you growing towards the sunshine or are you just sitting there idly by in the shade? Because one way or another, growth is going to happen. You dictate how fast or slow it happens simply by your awareness of what's going on around you and how you're reacting or responding to it. So what we're going to discuss today is, I call it my little baker's dozen, but there's 13 different coping skills categories that um, I have come up with. And yes, it's been through a, a myriad of research, so it's not like I just pulled these out of my tookish, but certainly these are going to be categories of coping skills that you can begin to ascertain where you're utilizing them in your life. Because we are human beings. We are constantly living a human experience. We have emotions. We have thoughts. We have feelings. We take actions from all of those thoughts and feelings, and we create the results of our lives. And if you're sitting there in high school and you're, you know, the the one always getting bullied, or you're the one always carrying the books in your arms and they're getting knocked out, or you just don't feel like you've got enough money to wear all the fancy clothes that everybody else in high school is, I can relate to what that felt like. Just like I I also remember what it felt like to be the cool kid in class. Oddly enough, I moved around so much as a child, I could go from one school where I was cool to the next school where I wasn't cool, and then a year later be in another school where I was. And I wasn't making those choices. Random kids were deciding whether I was somebody they wanted to be friends with based on whatever they were judging me upon. And next thing you know, I either had the cool friends or I was hanging out and playing chess with all the other nerds. And I loved being a nerd and I liked learning. And it was it was my safe space, the library. And for some of you out there, your safe space could be a sports field. It could be the library. It could be burying your nose in your phone. I have no idea what your life experience is like, but I can assure you that no matter how good or bad, right or wrong you think it currently is, it will change. It will change. Money comes and goes. Friends come and go. Situations come and go. And we spend a ton of time, an inordinate amount of time, really, in our present moment, locked in the past, or dreaming about a future. When it's in the now that the action takes place. I am currently living my life now based off of my previous actions from all the yesterdays foregone. And if I can be, you know, blessed enough to continue on this current trajectory I have myself, then the future I desire will be getting closer and closer. But it's all a journey. And whether it looks exactly like I have visualized it in my head or not, at this point, 
in my life. I just love the fact that I'm still taking action on things. I know that previous generations, mine, in fact, in the 80s and 90s, used to say that you couldn't trust people over 30. Now we have a slew of people of varying ages and walks of life who are out there influencing the way that society feels and believes and thinks about subjects. I don't know if age is as important as we've relegated it to be in our society. I've known very bright and and insightful 11-year-olds, and I have met some 77-year-olds who just straight crush it when it comes to dropping little jewels of wisdom, just like I have also met, you know, people of all ages and and races and variations who I'm just like, man, that person probably could read a book. (laughs) What's important is that if you decide to be the fool on the path who doesn't ask questions and seek to understand and rather just judges and snaps decisions like their fingers, then you're going to find yourself missing out on a lot of amazing opportunities in life to learn from others. I believe I can learn from everyone, from the person who still eats glue all the way to the person with four PhDs. Everybody has jewels of wisdom to drop upon us if we're willing to listen and then just take what they've said and see how it integrates into our lives. So these 13 different areas of coping skills are going to be areas where you can put some attention when you start to feel emotionally charged, when you start to feel discombobulated, when you start to feel like you're losing some of your balance and groundedness. We live in a world today where there are just so many inputs that it is damn near impossible to just sit in silence. The human species has created more information since the mid-2000-teens than than had ever been created by humans previously. So what I just said, just so you understand the impact of it, and this is 2023, is since around 2012, the human species has created more information in just these last 11 years than had existed throughout the entirety of human civilization previously. We are out of control. Our technology is moving faster than we can evolve. Our brains are shifting in ways that we have not even begun to realize. And whether it's detrimental to our species and to our communication and to our emotional intelligence, or whether it's beneficial, is all going to be based upon how we choose to decide how to use the information that's being presented to us. Yes, information is there, but information is meaningless without taking action. Just like anything you've ever listened to on my podcast, or I'm sure the others that you listen to, if you don't take action upon what you hear, knowledge is worthless without action. So I'm going to go through these real quick, and we're just going to start laying out just... What's most important is it isn't all the little activities that I'll say within each category. What's important is that you understand that these categories exist. And then you go off and you find things within them that interest you. I've talked about this before, but when we're looking for our passions and purposes in life, we want to start by finding out the things that we're curious about, that we're interested in. Because curiosities breathe into life our interests and our interests become our passions. And when we have filled up our internal self with the passion of a particular activity, hobby, whatever it might be, and then we have learned enough, we have felt strongly enough about what we have experienced within our passions that we can now externalize it out to other people, it becomes our purpose. 
And like for me, 22 years as an addict, I drank my face off when I was in college. I did a ton of drugs. I was a bit of a moron when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I persevered through 12 years of school to get that degree. I persevered through countless people that I loved dying, uh, natural causes, because of addiction, because of life. And through all of those things, I never stopped believing in myself, even if nobody else did. And if there's ever something that I want you to take away from all of these episodes that I have created for you is that it is up to you to decide to believe in yourself before anybody else will. And so one of the ways of the many that we can begin to believe in ourselves is how we cope through these emotional surges that are inevitable. It's going to happen. Just like change is going to happen, but it's up to you to dictate how that change affects you. Are you going to be at cause? Oh, I did that because of somebody else's behaviors. Are you going to be at effect where you say, I am going to to no longer allow somebody else to, to dictate my emotions. I want you at cause. I want you to say, because I chose this, I did this, rather than effect, which is because that person did this, I felt this. So let's get into these categories so that you can just understand that they exist, and then what you decide to slide into these will be what ultimately benefits you the most. The first one, physical activities, right? Uh, To me, everything starts with how we move our physical body. Right? There's a Sean T. guy off of this old program I used to do called Insanity, where he would say, take control of your body, you take control of your life. Your physical activity and, and your ability to move your body within your life is going to be something that you're going to want to pay an utmost attention toward as you move forward. Yes, I think it's awesome to see a bunch of high school and college kids running down the road, obviously in cross country, just running like antelopes out of control. That's going to change and shift. And I know that at 15 or 18 or 21, hearing some middle-aged dude tell you to start paying attention to your your body and how you're treating it at your age when your tendons and ligaments are made out of rubber bands, it might sound a little preposterous, but I can promise you that as you move through life, all those times that you lifted things with your back and not with your legs is going to come to haunt you in your 40s. And in this day and age, we can't be blind to our future anymore. You have way too many resources around you showing you what life is like at various stages of existence. It's up to you to choose whether you're just going to focus in on where you're at now, which is great, live in the moment, but also be aware that these moments do stack up and create our future. So what kind of physical activity are you in? Do you exercise? Do you shoot some basketball? Do you uh, play kickball or just get on a soccer field and just practice being able to maneuver your feet, riding a bicycle, jumping on a trampoline is apparently really healthy for the blood and the body. Um, Are you stretching, going for walks, playing frisbee, hell, cartwheels and back handstands and anything that gets the body moving. Yoga, what kind of physical activity do you participate in every day? I get 10,000 steps every day. Now, whether that's walking around my neighborhood or the city or on the exercise bike watching some football as the night ends, I'm getting my 10,000 steps. Come hell or high water, that's going to be something that I do because I put a lot of attention into my physical body going into my 30s, and it's paying off now that I'm going into my 50s. I have way more, a a stronger body, more ability to maneuver in my world than a lot of my friends who are right around the same age as me. 
I mean, it's because I've been putting this long-term attention towards my physical activity. Number two, and these aren't really in any order, but they're just going to rattle them off in an order so that you hear number 13 when we get there. Creative expressions. Do you write? Do you read poetry? Do you write stories? Do you journal? Do you blog? Do you doodle on paper? Do you paint, draw, play an instrument, bake cookies, knit, sew, uh, any instrument, sing, dance? Hell, do you just make fun hot chocolate drinks at night when it's cold with your friends and sit around and talk about cool stuff? What level of creative expression do you have in your life? I am a firm believer that part of keeping my brain sharp is in the creativity. And I'm very good at writing. I'm very good at producing podcasts and talking and things of this nature. But I also, you know, will sit here and doodle on paper and I'll try to write poetry. I'll go research what a haiku is and see how many of them I can make up. I'll play Sudoku. Uh, Do these things that I find as a way of creative expression. What's your creative expression? It can be anything. It could be building vision boards. It could be uh, putting glue all over a piece of paper and then dusting it with a bunch of glitter and then hanging it on your refrigerator. It can be any level of creative expression, but is it something that brings a smile to your face? Does it bring you joy? We want to find ways of bringing ourselves joy, obviously without you know, causing somebody else anti-joy, right? If, if We don't want your joy to cause somebody else sadness or harm or hurt, but we want you to be speaking out for yourself and realizing that not everybody is necessarily going to love your creative expressions. There are a lot of music choices out there, and some of them use an absurd amount of profanity, and some of them are very, uh, you know, otherworldly, Christian-like. Some people will like the profanity-laced music, other people will like the Christianity-laced music, but either way, there is an audience for that. There is an audience for your creative expressions, and generally, when somebody doesn't enjoy something that I have created, then it's simply scroll past me. You know, as long as I'm not doing something to intentionally bring somebody else harm, I consider it a win. What's your personal care? Number three, right? I mean, you know, I remember uh, back in my old days, um, the fraternity guys and I, some of us would sit around and we'd paint our toenails with our fraternity colors just because it was laughable and people would try to joke on us and punk us. But it was like, it was summer, we're wearing sandals, paint our toenails red, purple, and gold, right? It just seemed like a funny thing to do, but it was part of our own personal care and self taking care of ourselves kind of regimen, right? And so, you know, some of these, you know, like the putting on of makeup or the painting of the nails, you know, that might seem more, uh, feminine and certainly not one to gender base any of these things. You do you, but certainly there are going to be those opportunities where looking back at COVID, a lot of us hunkered down in our houses, wore sweatpants for so long, forgot to take showers because we couldn't leave our homes. And then we come out of COVID and some of that stuff became a little bit too habitual for us. So take a hot shower, you know, take a relaxing bath, give yourself a facial, do some things out there that really, you know, create a, a feeling of warmth within your own body. Uh, leisure activities. Do you watch your favorite television shows? Do you have a favorite movie that you like to watch time and time again? Number four, leisure activities is an opportunity for you to just relax a little bit. I put word searches, crosswords, and Sudokus here, but I had also mentioned it earlier up there under creative expressions, 
Oh, do you have a favorite book? Do you have a fish that you have in your house that you like to stare at? You can put puzzles together. You can play video games or computer games. And remember, when it comes to video games, I know they're all the rage. I loved playing them back in the day. Hell, I even started playing them again now that I'm in school because there is something about just turning on Madden or turning on Age of Empires and just watching me maneuver these characters around on the screen that actually gives my brain a chance to decompress. It's when we go past moderation and into a constant where now we're skipping classes to play video games or we're staying up late at night to play video games so we're waking up the next morning tired. It's these issues that we have with ourselves that we want to be monitoring, that we want to make sure that the video games don't become oppressive to our lifestyle, but they become this leisure activity that allows us to just relax and laugh and play with some friends. Number five, mindfulness and relaxation. Do you meditate? Uh, Do you utilize aromatherapies? Um, Do you enjoy focusing on one particular area of your life? And instead of, you know, doing the meditation where you try to clear your brain, do you just want to hyper-focus on something and listen to some good music and allow your brain to visualize what you could create uh, through this one area of your life? Do you make playlists of your favorite songs? Do you have a pet that perhaps you go on walks with? Teach them a new trick. Hell, at this point, uh, go watch the TV show Lucky Dog and then just learn how to train your dog. But these are all really awesome little mindfulness relaxations. You know, put going back to that warm bath, put some candles on, put some sweet music and just sit there and just let your skin get wrinkly. Like it can be a super fun thing to do. And for that half hour, you just get to say, life go away. Um, social engagement, number six, be with other people, go or, or go somewhere in public, uh, go up to strangers at a bookstore and start talking to them about the books that they're reading. Go to a friend's house, talk to someone close to you. Um, you know, if you need uh, some kind of mental health care relief, then call a hotline or, or get a hold of a therapist and start going to your therapist at school. Uh, Most universities offer therapy as part of their student services. Um, You can go visit with a tutor. You could go talk to your advisor. You could text and call a friend, hug a friend or family member. Um, Be vulnerable with some people because there's nothing that the human mind and body and spirit wants more than to be able to be their true self in front of the people that they care the most about. And that's something that can be very meaningful when we start to feel isolated. And in this day and age, staring at our phones, as much as we feel connected to the outside world, is actually quite isolating. It's why studies have already come out that, you know, uh, women have never had a lesser degree of self-image issues. I said lesser degree. Women have a lot of self-image issues now. And in fact, it's not just women, it's men. Men, we've all got this sort of body dysmorphia thing happening where we just see, you know, these perfectly chiseled cut like Greek Roman gods and goddesses on social media all day long. And we start to feel less about ourselves. We start to feel isolated from the world. And it's honestly causing relationships to suffer. Um, There's been studies done that have shown that we've never had more men and women reach the age of 30 still um, either virgins or sexually frustrated or just not uh, comfortable with intimacy than we've ever had in the history of civilization. And a lot of it is being linked back to our phones and how we just stare at them and we get some level of connection through them. But it's completely different than when you're talking to somebody face to face. And 
we don't want to allow ourselves to get so isolated by the phone that we start to feel disconnected with everyone in our normal lives, and then our mental health begins to suffer. This is why I'm going to school to become a therapist, is because this has never been more needed than it is currently needed now. Number seven, productivity and organization. Uh, for some of us, doing schoolwork is a really great way uh, to have a coping skill, right? If you have anxiety and stress about school, the best way to move through that is to just take action on the things that are giving you stress and anxiety. Uh, you could clean your house, um, do something that you've been procrastinating upon, which could be cleaning out your closet. It could be cleaning the bathroom. Uh, it could be calling up a family member and apologizing for previous behaviors that you're not too feeling great about. Um, you know, you could color coordinate your wardrobe. There's uh, rearranging furniture. I used to do this in college a lot. I'd just start moving couches around. My roommates come home and be like, what the hell? I'd be like, I don't know. Just wanted to see if this felt any different. Um, I have a huge fan of cleaning and organizing things as a way of feeling productive and organized. Also, don't use cleaning and organizing as a uh, procrastination technique whenever you do have schoolwork. I am a huge fan. Even now, um, they opened up the, the next portal for the next class, and here comes Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be working on three different weeks worth of work at the same time just in order to have it all done before I go away on Thanksgiving so I don't feel like I have to be rushed and putting in less of the best work I possibly can. So just think about that whenever you are putting off um, your assignments. Intellectual engagement, right? You could write a letter, you could send emails, you could memorize a poem, um, you know, go down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia about ridiculous things on the internet. Um, look up recipes, cook a meal, find something that sparks you intellectually. I've got a lot of friends currently learning a second language on Duolingo just because it's fun and it's easy and it's got this sort of points-based system that feeds off that dopamine and serotonin release mechanism in the brain that makes them feel like they're accomplishing something. It's a very powerful way to keep up that intellectual engagement, focusing on your mental acuity. I do a lot of reading for my master's, but I also make sure that I'm doing reading outside of that that can just be fun. And yes, a lot of the times it's NLP books or it's other kinds of books, but that's what I find enjoyable. Um, from time to time, a Dean Koontz book will show up on my shelf because, you know, a little bit of fiction never hurt no one. So uh, that's number, what do we have, seven here? Um, let's see, emotional expression and, ma emotional expression and management. Uh, if you are feeling upset and you are looking for a coping skill that can help when you do feel these emotional surges, punch a pillow, let yourself cry. Um, you know, if you have, uh, if you're a cutter and you have some of those things happening in your life, my sister went through a, a stage of that for roughly about 10 years in her teens and twenties. Um, perhaps, uh, put band-aids over the parts of your body that you would like to cut because there's an emotional pain that's seeking a release from inside. And that's one of the ways that people have chosen to find the openings inside from that. And it's very difficult to touch upon some of these subjects and then just float by them. So I will say this about if you have any desires to hurt yourself, uh, any desires to hurt other people, seek out a therapist on your campus, seek out a trusted confidant, get a mentor, a sponsor, somebody, especially if it's related to addiction, get some people in your corner who understand what you're going through. Because you'd be amazed at how many people are willing to help.
if they know you need help. And they can't necessarily be available to you 24-7, which is why we're going over this coping skills list now, because there's going to be times when you're the only one around you at three in the morning, and you need to be able to maneuver through some very strong emotions. And whether it's punching a pillow, letting yourself cry, putting on your headphones and listening to some angry music and jumping up and down on your bed, release those emotions, get your heart rate up. I can assure you when you're out of breath, it's way more difficult to be angry (laughs) because you're body is trying to get oxygen. When I feel back in the day when I quit drinking, when I started to feel the cravings coming on, I'd go outside and do wind sprints or I'd lift heavy weights at the gym. I mean, I literally just leave, go straight to the gym and start lifting heavy weights. It was a lot more difficult for the body to be thinking about craving alcohol when it was seeking to get oxygen to my muscles. Uh, number, where are we at? Nine here. Uh, nine, 10, 11, 12. I may have lost count. So this might be 10, 11, 12, 13. So uh, now we're at hobbies and collections. Take up a new hobby, right? Start collecting something. Um, you can play with modeling clay. This is a ridiculous one I thought of. What about Play-Doh, right? Or building a pillow fort or creating a vision board. You know, I mean, I did go through so many different uh, coping skills websites and I'm sort of just hodgepodging these together, right? But you might have a favorite childhood toy. You might have, uh, that again, going back to the vision board, what is it you want to create for your life? You know, going out and seeking magazines that will allow you to find the pictures that will help guide you. Um, that can be a really fun hobby to do. You might find pictures out and about while you're walking around on campus or just in your day-to-day life. Snag a picture of that, you know, upload that over to Walgreens or CVS or get yourself a printer. And now you could be printing off your own pictures at home and popping them up on your vision board. But, you know, hobbies are extremely important. And no, sitting and staring at your phone and making TikTok videos is not a hobby. It is definitely something that you're doing, but a hobby is something where you could be doing it on your own, where you could just be sitting there for hours a day playing a puzzle, putting a puzzle together, playing a video game. These can be hobbies, but when you start needing somebody else to fulfill their role in order for your hobby to actually take place or feel good for you, that's when you start getting at effect. Well, if this person's not there for me to go do this thing, go hiking, and I don't want to go hiking alone, now it's not self-sustainable. It's not self-maintained. It requires somebody else's participation. And when you need a coping skill met in the moment, you don't necessarily want to always have to rely on somebody else to fulfill that need for you. So find things that you can do on your own that you enjoy. A lot of these things I've mentioned are a bit of hobbies. We could be writing poetry, reading poetry. These are some of the things that you could be doing when nobody else necessarily needs to be there in order for you to do them. Outdoor and nature activities, closing this whole list up, going back to physical activities. You know, uh, we have a duck pond in here in Huntsville where I live. I love going down there and just watching the ducks be ducks, the birds be birds, the squirrels be squirrels. There's all these fish. I just like to watch fish. I love a fair with aquariums and zoos and places where I can go admire animals. Um, Hell, just go outside for 15 minutes and walk around. Uh, Pick up trash at your local park. Do something to beautify your environment. Um, Some people like to go on long runs. Other people like to go on long walks. Other people like to go on long drives. But there's something out there. 
Most campuses have green areas. They have parks. They have ways to go off and do something. I spent so much of my time in college at bars and can't help but wonder what my undergrad years would have been like if I'd have gone to school and then met up some people at the quad and played hacky sack or played, you know, frisbee golf and then gone to my next class and then gone to, you know, and studied and then gone to work and then come home and done a little bit more studying and, you know, spent time at the library rather than always spending it inside my bedroom where alcohol and cigarettes were so close. And then we'll finish up um, this list. If you're into spiritual activities, uh, by all means, number 12, you know, pray, read the Bible. Again, this could be some form of meditation and it could be whatever religion you're into. But a lot of people find strength in their uh, desired religious text. And if that's something that you are absolutely fond of and into, don't let yourself stray too far away from that while you're in school. Because if it's brought you strength in the past, chances are it will bring you strength when you need it the most, when you need to help find a coping skill, when you feel emotionally charged, when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling alone. Oftentimes, uh, whether it be a religious text or any book that could be inspiring could motivate you to be able to maneuver through the hard times that you're having. And then we'll just finish up with random and miscellaneous ones. You know, uh, I remember back in the day just ripping pieces of paper up and throwing them up in the air, throwing a deck of cards up in the air. Back in the back in the day before video games were so popular, we called it 52-card pickup, and you just throw a deck of cards in the air and then spend the next 10 minutes picking them all up. I like to go inside my mind and daydream about the life that I'm creating for myself. I love reading the dictionary, looking up new words, figuring out ways to incorporate them into my life. Um, you know, again, talking about rearranging furniture, maybe just start moving the pictures of in your room around a little bit more, hanging things differently. You'd be amazed how many shifts will occur when you've just changed some things in your environment that you see all of the time. Big fan of that one. Random acts of kindness. Go out and be somebody amazing for somebody else. I remember when I first started learning neurolinguistic programming and the art and arts and ideas around psychology. And one of my mentors said, you know, depression's a real thing. And if you've been depressed for a long period of time, then there's a good chance you will need medication to help get you to a more balanced place. With the hopes that one day you're not on medication anymore. But for those who feel sad or are on the early stages of long-term depression, one of the best ways to get yourself out of that is to go do something for someone else. It's, it's depression is this idea of you spiraling inside your own head about your own life and you talk, you just talk, talk, talk yourself down, down, down. You beat yourself up. And before you know it, you're feeling pain and you're having all this misery and it's because you have been inside your head. Get out of your head. Get into your body. Go do something nice and amazing for someone. Again, I'm not just simply making some you know, blanket statement that depression can be uh, nullified simply by going out and doing a random act of kindness for someone. But certainly, it's the little tiny steps that we start to take with, again, if you need doctor's help, a therapist's help, go find that person. But also realize that it's going to be in your daily actions. It's going to be in, you know, no matter how much you feel like you just can't get off the couch today, that you do something, even if it's just going into the kitchen and washing one glass 
taking a shower. I help people in recovery. And when they first get into addiction recovery and sobriety, a lot of them uh, win for the day is just getting up and making their bed. But it's like those little acts of making the bed, of taking a shower, of brushing your teeth when you first get up, things that you may not do because you're so sad and depressed. It's those little things as you begin to stack them, you know, a week, a month, two months, a year, three years down the road, that depression you are feeling is shifted. It's changed. But it's in these little minute things that we do every single day of our lives. That's where the coping skills begin to take root. That's how we begin to make massive shifts in our life. Not by one big monumental thing happening, but by little tiny things happening throughout our day. And then we begin to stack those up and create habits out of those things. And before you know it, your life looks completely different in 30 days, 60 days, 180 days than it does now because of tiny little progressive movements forward. We're looking for consistency in life, not necessarily intensity. Intensity plays its role whenever you get, uh, you know, uh, you have to get a project done really fast because you forgot about it or you put it off so long. There is a time and a place for consistent, for intensity. But what we're really looking for is consistency. When you can do something day in and day out that benefits you, that benefits the loved ones in your life, that benefits your world and those around you, uh, that's where you start to make massive changes. Even when somebody like Elon Musk, you know, sends a rocket up to the the outer space and then is able to land it on a launch pad in the middle of the ocean, or Jeff Bezos creates the most amazing shopping, you know, website that humankind has ever seen, it was those consistent little steps they were making years and years ago in their garage or in that little unmarked building in, you know... uh, Silicon Valley, where nobody even realized what they were creating and how it was going to change the world. But each day they believed in themselves. They went out there and they did something to move their vision, to move their dream forward. And then they created their reality. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Those people were putting in countless hours of work until somebody finally decided to shine a light upon them. And then everyone's like, oh my goodness, you're the most amazing person. You're, you know, I've seen so many bands win Artist of the Year. Uh, I think Black Keys won Artist of the Year. They were on their fourth or fifth album. (laughs) So often the hard work you're putting in will not have applause attached to it. But one day, someday, somebody will see what you've done. And they'll pat you on the back and say, thank you. That really helped me. And I hope that this episode has helped you. If there is an opportunity for you to want to learn more about neuro-linguistic programming, to learn more about emotional intelligence, there's something within you that thinks that you're not where you want to be. If you've ever looked in the mirror and not been very happy with the version of yourself looking back, go to Jesse Mogul slash ask me and uh, click on the form for some coaching or for learning NLP or any of those buttons. Fill out the form. Let me know you exist. Let me know that you would like to at least have a conversation. We'll see what we can do. If I can be of assistance, I'll be more than happy to help. If I can direct you to another form of help, another person who could benefit you, I'll be more than happy to do that as well. I care about your emotional intelligence. I care about your emotional and mental health. I remember the struggles of my teens and 20s and hell, even into my 30s and still today in my 40s. Life doesn't necessarily get easier. We just have a lot more life experiences to draw upon that can give us internal strength. And these 13 different categories of coping skills are something to 
absolutely positively put attention toward because coping and moving through emotional surges, those who do that the most desirably are the ones who can look back and say, I did the best I could in the moment with the resources I had. Be self-aware. Understand each situation causes will desire a different level of awareness and put your attention toward each and every day, taking one step forward towards that life that you think is only a dream, but is actually just reality waiting to happen. As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up and choose to be our best selves. As always, my friends, I will see you next time. Bye-bye. 